Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. All right. Good morning again. <laughs> My name is Taylor Mabry, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Valley Church, and I am super excited to be kicking off our new series with you guys. This is going to be a great series. We're going to be diving into how life is just complicated, relationships are complicated. People are complicated. I know, no one in here is surprised about that. But today I'm really excited to be able to kick us off on our first topic, which we are actually discussing singleness today. And I wanna give like a disclaimer before we really dive into this. This is a broad topic. This is something that can be difficult to like squeeze down into like 30 to 35 minutes because what what happens is we're dealing with a lot of different kinds of singleness. Typically people think there's married, they're single, but actually we're dealing with, okay, if you're young and single, if you're maybe older and single, if you're uh, single because your spouse passed away, if you're single by divorce, you might be single with kids, you might be single by your choice. There are a lot of different categories in the category of single. And so therefore in this sermon, I just, my prayer during this sermon while I was creating this was the fact that I hope that no matter what stage you are in, that you are spoken to by God today. And that somehow God speaks to where you are at, God speaks to what is going on in your life, whether it is encouragement or comfort or advice or whatever it is that God is moving in you. And then for people who are married, I hope that today this actually also speaks to uh, your individual self, maybe your single self, the person that uh, is, is growing and is always constantly working. And then you also are able to understand that there are people around you who are single, and so maybe through this sermon you're able to understand how to invite them into the body of Christ even more. And today I'm not only preaching on this as someone who's a pastor, but I'm also preaching on it as someone who's single. So then this sermon was able to give me a glimpse into how God is also speaking into my own life, which is awesome. So something that I uh, actually I find really humorous and I actually love about being single is when I tell people I'm single. Because typically the response I get is I go up, we're having a conversation, and there's always like this, they look around, like, are you with anyone? And then they go, oh, so like, are you married? And it's like, no, I'm single. And the response I get almost every time is, but you're so great. Like, but you're so, you're so beautiful and nice. Okay, great. Like, here's what's funny about that is I didn't say I wasn't great. I said I was single. <laughs> Not sure why those are correlated with each other, but sooner or later, especially younger Taylors started to think, if I am so great, then why am I single? And then it just leads down a dark path of like, oh no. But really, I find it humorous because why we correlate those two in our minds, I don't know. Because frankly, I think I'm great too. Thank you. Awesome. But the thing is, is that we for some reason correlate being single with like, oh, you're great or you're good looking or whatever it is, when really that has no correlation whatsoever. And if you've said this to me before, it's okay. I'm not offended, clearly. I think it's funny. These are one of those things that just roll off my back. So do not come up afterwards to me and apologize, okay? I'm not looking for that. I will just laugh. But I think that we have to start turning the conversation and understanding how we approach singleness. 
because it speaks to a wider like perception of what it means to be single, especially in the Christian world. And so today, I'm just hoping that we can kind of have a glimpse of how as a single person and then also as the body of Christ, as the community of Christ, how can we join together in that? Before we really dive in, I really need to address like the culture. So we have to set up the playing field before we can actually look at where we're at. So in years past, the culture has typically been grow up, get married, have kids. That was the culture, all right, for, for hundreds of years. And then recently, in, in the past couple hundred years, it has slowly turned into the rest of the world has gone, okay, but maybe you don't have to get married. Okay, well maybe you don't have to do this. And so the rest of the world has kind of moved on to like this other spot of, of independence, you could say, of like, I don't need to get married. But the church has kind of stayed over in this area of like, okay, you grow up, you get married, you have kids. That's kind of the culture. And it's not a mean culture, it's just simply like something that's in our language, it's how we talk, it's how we act. And so neither are really bad, but here's where all of a sudden the culture turns bad and turns dangerous. We're dealing with two different kind of extremes at one point. Because for some reason, the human world cannot function in the middle. We have to function in extremes. And so the extreme of one culture is like this like really toxic independence, and the extreme other culture is you aren't worthy if you don't do this. And the thing is, is that God did not create us for extremes. God created us for somewhere in the middle. And so on one end of the extreme, we have a culture that says that your value and your effectiveness for the kingdom of God is based on your relationship status. But on the other side, in this culture, we have this toxic independence that instead actually promotes a selfish lifestyle that is self-serving and segregated from the larger community. I see both of them all the time. I grew up in the church, so I see this side. And at the exact same time, I have friends who are on this side, who are so against needing anyone in their life that actually what they do is they're not independent anymore, they're living in more of a selfish world and a selfish mindset. And so our job and our responsibility as Christians is to figure out, as a single person, what is that balance of living a life for God while not getting sucked into either side of the extremes? And then also as an overall church body, how do we not get sucked into either extreme? And how do we find how God really wants us to live and how he wants us to act? Now, as I said before, we are gonna be addressing like a lot of different things. And so if there is one thing that you can get from today, if there is one bottom line that I would like you to get, it's this, that your life is not defined or successful based on your relationship status. Your life is defined by who God says you are and how you use it. I'm gonna say it again just so that everybody really gets that because this was actually the first thing that came to me when I was writing this sermon. Your life is not defined or successful based on your relationship status. Your life is defined by who God says you are and how you use it. And I think that if you don't get anything else from this sermon, I hope today you can walk away with that piece of knowing that God is who defines who you are and then how you use your life is really what defines your success. And so that's what I want you to take into this and this perception as we dive in. And so as I was thinking about how to address this, I thought about three different areas that I think that are very important for us to address. Number one, we have to address the internal, 
all right? If we don't address ourselves, we're not gonna go anywhere. We have to address the external, which is how then we function based on our internal outside. And then we have to address the overall community because the Bible repeatedly says that we are a community and, and, and a group and a, a family, and that is what we're supposed to be. So how do we function in the church body as a community? So in order to first do that, we're gonna have to address the internal. Now when I talk about the internal, I talk about like yourself, you and God. And, and this sermon series, or uh, this sermon today was titled The Gift of Singleness, which I'll be completely honest, when I first heard it, I kind of chuckled because I was like, it's not always a gift. Like, mm. And then I thought about it some more and I really started to understand what it was trying to communicate. So with the internal, the gift of singleness is sometimes we have an opportunity to be a little more focused on who we are. But our goal in our life is something that we really have to address. Everyone has a goal. Everyone has a focus. Everyone has something that they're, they're looking for. And our goal in life is often, it can be a little bit confusing when the world tries to give their input and other people try to give their input. And so what is our goal? Because our goal is whatever is internal that we are searching for, whatever we are looking for in God, in others, whatever we're doing, what is your goal in life? And as Christians, our goal should be God. But unfortunately, the world says the goal should be yourself. And then sometimes the church community can say, the goal is marriage. But you see, the thing is, is that regardless of what the world says and what others say, as believers, the goal is not to be single or not single. The goal is to be closer to Jesus. And the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you're going to find out who you are. And then also what your call and your next step is. I genuinely believe that we are having like an identity crisis in our world. People do not understand their identity. And so to understand your identity in God and to take that like full hold of that means that you have to actually work hard at who God has you to be, who he called you to be, and focus on him and his goal for your life. And, and you see, we have to understand that the closer you and I get to Jesus, the clearer we will see our next step in life and who we are, whatever that next step may be. Maybe that next step is, uh, is a call to marriage. Maybe that next step is a new job. Maybe that next step is looking into how you can help others in your neighborhood. I don't know what that next step is for you, but the closer you and I get to Jesus, the clearer that will actually be. The closer you and I get to Jesus, the more we see the world through his eyes, which means that we start to understand who we are. And I think that one of the greatest enemies for people who are single is you wrestle with the concept of, am I going to live a life that is fulfilling enough? Am I going to live a life that is good enough? And am I going to live a life that I am actually, like, complete? And we start to realize that God says that he is what fulfills us, he is what brings us a satisfying life, and he is what actually completes us. But sometimes our goals can be so focused on so many other things that we actually forget that. I love this verse in Psalm 107.9. It says, for he satisfies the longing soul, the hungry soul he fills with good things. This is one verse out of like hundreds of verses in the Bible that talks about how God is actually what is to complete us. He is the thing that satisfies the longing soul. The soul that knows that there is more but at the same time, we, we just don't know what it is. I don't know about you, but there are times in life where I'm walking around and I'm like, 
there has got to be something more. And then every time I reach that point, I look back and God is what actually fills that up. Not a person, no person actually, but that, that hunger, that desire, that desire to know who you are, that desire to find your call, that desire to live into what God has for you is from God. And that looks like us really stepping into who God made us to be and wrestling with the hard parts in our lives and giving that to God. And I think that, you know, we can look around and we're surprised as to where we're at because we look around and we go, oh, well, the world tells me I should be doing this and the world tells me I should be doing that. It, it says that, oh, well, if I just do this, my hungry soul will be filled. If I just do that, my hungry soul will be filled. But that's not what God says. God says that he is the purpose for our soul being complete. He is the purpose for our soul becoming whole. But it actually requires us to address the internal, which can be so scary. Because that means that we have to actually wrestle with everything else that we struggle with. But when we do, we come to a place of identity and calling and God that is unlike anything else. And the thing is, is that if we can't, until we reach a point where we actually step into his purpose and decide that our identity and our worth and our satisfaction comes from him first, until we do that, we will live our lives frustrated. And I walk around and I often see people that are living very frustrated lives. And if we're specifically going to talk about singleness today, we walk around and we are frustrated that we do not have someone else's life. We look around and we start comparing ourselves to someone else's life and we go, but, but what about, oh, maybe I messed up, maybe I made a mistake. Well, here's the thing, I'm, I want to tell you this today, no matter where you are, God is not shocked that you are there. God is not surprised. God is not looking at you and going, oh my goodness, so-and-so, they turned left instead of turning right, and now my whole plan is ruined, and I didn't do that, and I didn't expect this, and he doesn't look at us and go, oh no, I'm shocked. We are the only ones who can sometimes be shocked about where we're at. He is not shocked at all. But he still has a call on your life. He has an identity for you. But that requires us to step into that. And until we do, we will be frustrated with where we are in life. And so I want you today to address the internal. I want you to challenge yourself to really lean into who God has you to be. Because until you do that, we can never even move to the external. So once you've done that, we do have to address the external sooner or later, though. And the external is everything that we are interacting with and how we are then living out the purpose that he calls us to. And the external really comes down to 2 Peter 1, verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And, and it can be sad, and it's okay, but I'm going to be completely honest. You know, there are times when you're told that you, that you cannot do certain things, that you cannot maybe be as effective for the kingdom of God if you are single. And if you've said this to someone before, it's okay. Sometimes it just slips out, but it's like, it happens. And I know that single people in here have felt that, where you feel like maybe you are not gonna be as effective for the kingdom of God because of your singleness, no matter what that might look like. And 
that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> there is never a place in the Bible where Jesus is like, oh, but by the way, if you're single, you cannot do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like you're just gonna be limited, and so it's like, meh, you know, might as well not. No, 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 2 Peter 1, Verse three, his divine power gives us everything we need to live a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He has actually given us each gifts to be used. And actually a gift of singleness is sometimes we are able to focus more on those gifts than others. Not that others cannot, but when you have some maybe this, this focus on these things, you are able to cultivate those gifts. But I also want you to hear me and say that just because your gifts may look different than someone else's doesn't mean they're not still needed. And the thing is, is that how you use your gifts is what is actually important. Because I think that we can kind of like write ourselves off or just kind of get a little lazy. But to reemphasize it again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14 says, there is one body that has many parts, but all its parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We are all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. We were all given the same spirit to drink, so the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. So I'm gonna add on to that. Jew or Gentile, Slave or free, single or married. No matter what, you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit. But too many times I see us holding back and not actually leaning into the gifts that God has given us and using them to be a part of the church body. And you see, I'm not talking about just being busy though. I'm not talking about filling your life with busyness. I'm talking about intentionally using and finding out what gifts God has called you to and then stepping into that and using it. Not just sitting back and, and being like, well, I don't maybe need to. Someone else will take care of it. I'm not as qualified. I can't do as much work. I can't make as big of an impact. No, God never says that. He says to you as an individual, what gifts have I given you and filled you with the same Holy Spirit that is in the person next to you who may be married? I have equipped you, I have called you, but it is up to you and I to actually step into that. It is up to you and I to make a decision to make him fill our identity, make us whole, and step into the call that he has with whatever gifts, but it's up to you and I to figure out what those gifts are. We can't just like expect it to just like happen. We have to actually find those gifts, figure out what it is, and being intentional with what we have, and pouring into other people. You know, Titus chapter two talks about people pouring into a younger generation. That does not, give, uh, you know, it doesn't give like, oh, if you're only this. No, it says pour into those who are younger than you. Walk with them, grow with them. And it wants you 
to lean into that. And that's ultimately what leads to the community piece. But at least to close out the external, I want you to understand that how are you using your gifts to actually pour into other people? Because you are not just exempt from that just because you don't actually think that you're qualified enough. Guess what? None of us actually believe that we're qualified enough. It's a fear we all have. But God does not call the qualified. God equips and makes you qualified through his Holy Spirit. And then you, that's where you go into the larger community. And this is where we kind of address the, the whole church and those who are single. How is the body of Christ, how as the body of Christ, do we work with people in all stages of life? You know, I was trying to figure out how to like really address this one because it, it can be a bit general. But as you can apply this to other people, I would actually say this. This is to the whole church body. How are you finding out what people need and meeting that need without assuming what they need? That may sound a little confusing, so let me explain. I think that sometimes people can walk in and we can assume we think we know what they need or what need they need met. Sometimes, as a single person, you can walk in and people automatically assume that you are lonely and therefore they think they know what you need. But that's assuming without actually getting to know. And I hope that we do this for everyone. I hope that every single person that walks through these doors, we don't just walk up to them and automatically just assume everything about them, but we walk up and we get to know them and we talk to them and then we figure out what do you need? How can I invite you into the greater church body? And, and one of the greatest things that we can do, not only just for single people, but for people in general, is to not act like it is awkward to invite into the church body. But I hope, once again, that we do this for everybody. We should do this for everybody. I think that one of the, the coolest ways that someone ever did this for me is after getting to know me. They called me up once and they were like, hey, um, just to let you know, uh, they're, they're married and with kids, and they were like, hey, just to let you know, not that you don't have a life, because you probably do, and you're probably even more social than I am, but like, hey, our door is always open. If you ever just want to come hang out and play board games and eat dinner and uh, just have fun, like, we're here, just give us a call, and any weekday night, like, we're open to have you. And, and here's what's great about that. One, they didn't assume that I was just sitting at home with nothing to do. <laughs> Trust me, I'm very busy. <laughs> they also did not assume needs that I might have, but at the same time, they invited me into the overall community. We just finished that awesome series, the, the Table Talk series, the series about inviting people to your table. And this goes for everybody. How are you just genuinely inviting others to do life with you? Not assuming that they need something from you, but assuming that they therefore are part of the church community. I love Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47, and it says, All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. But I think we have to make this point, is that the fact that they didn't have everything in common because they shared life stages, but it was because they had unity in God. And we tend to miss that. 
We tend to miss the fact that their unity does not come because all of these people were of the exact same age and the exact same life situation. It came because they had unity in God. But that requires us to actually join in the community. And to single people, I want you to know that you and I are not actually meant to be alone. Oftentimes that verse can be quoted where it's like you are not meant to be alone and so therefore people tell you go get married. While that can be a point, because scripture can have multiple different ways to like apply this to life, it's, it's the fact that you and I are not meant to be alone as in you and I are not meant to segregate ourselves from the rest of the community. And I will say this, there is a difference between loneliness and being alone. Loneliness can be a feeling that can happen to anyone. Even people who are married can get lonely. But being alone, choosing to separate yourself from the overall church community, choosing to not be a part of it, that's a choice. And that is not what God has for us. God calls us to be a part of the community, but it's gonna require you sometimes to put yourself out there in a way that might make you uncomfortable. I know I'm up here and I'm saying this as someone who could like, I can make friends with a rock. Like I'm literally someone who can do that. And so I get it that this is not everybody's strong suit. But my challenge to you is for you to not be alone. Do not isolate yourself. That is not what God called us to. He called us to the church body. He called us to a community. So that requires intentional choice from you and I to be a part of it, to serve, to join a life group, to come every Sunday, to talk to people, to be here, to find that group. And, and that is what is actually going to create the community. And so I want to really drive this home by trying to apply it to our life. And something that I struggled with was how to apply it in like some easy steps when really what I came to the conclusion to after thinking about this was I don't know if God is really calling us to like some direct next steps that I can give you today. In fact, I think actually he more of gave me two questions. And I'm someone, I'm all about challenges and questions because I want you to actually look at your own personal life and address these. Because I don't know your life, I don't know where you're at, I don't know everything you're struggling with, I don't know everything you're going through. And so that's why I want you to just ask these two questions to yourself. First of all, are you working on you? I want you to seriously take a look at how you're spending your time, your life, your energy. Are you working on you or are you so focused on wanting someone else's life that you are ignoring the gift that God has given you to grow closer to him? Where's your focus? Where's your goal? Because trust me, if your goal in life is just to like get rich or get married or you know like have a giant house or whatever it is it will always fall up short but if your goal is God and your focus is God your life will be fulfilled you will be content and you will be joyful and you will know who you are loved by the king of kings and so I want you to know that the closer you get to him, if you're focused on him, your next step will be clear. And I wanna say, if your next step is marriage, that's great, that's awesome. That's not a bad thing, that's not something I'm trying to warn against, but that's not everybody's call. 
but you will be also a better person in marriage if you are focused in your singleness and maximizing your time to grow closer to him. I, I, I have friends that think that if they get married, it's going to solve all of their problems. None of the married people in here want to chuckle at that, but it will not solve your problems, okay? Like, trust me, marriage is not gonna solve your problems. It is going to maximize and highlight them. Not because it's someone else's problem, but because all of a sudden you are in a covenant relationship with someone that they will see everything about you. And so taking this time to focus on you, at least you can go into that knowing your problems. And if your call is to be single, if your call is maybe to do something else, then that will become clear with God. But focusing on him as the goal is what is going to actually bring you a life that you are going to be able to live to the fullest. And then the second question I want you to ask yourself is, are you intentional? Are you intentional with serving in the community around you? Are you intentional with using your gifts? Are you just staying busy because that's what people expect of you? Or are you being intentional with your time, your energy, your money, the gifts that have been given to you? And are you living into that? Because when you are intentional with the gift that God gave you, it will make a bigger impact than if you just stay busy with all of these things that God actually didn't call you to. And so are you living your life in an intentional way that is fulfilling what God called you to do? And so if that looks like for you, the fact that you're not really serving and you don't know what your gifts are, that's your next step. Find that out. Lean into that. If that looks like you're not a part of a community because you're, you're like, that's stepping outside of your box, but you need that community, do that. Try hard to be a part of the community of God. It's not easy because people are difficult sometimes. But at the same time, it is so rewarding because when you find that community, it is something that will fill you up and you are no longer alone. And God does not call us to walk through life alone. And I wanted to close with actually this challenge in this scripture. I'm just going to leave the scripture on the screen. It's 1 Corinthians 7, chapter 17. It says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is a rule I lay down in all churches. What's interesting about this chapter is right before this chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul actually uses, says the famous scripture that often is quoted where he says, it is better to be single than to like, be married. And, and, that's a, and then he uses the rest of that chapter to like, talk about marriage. And that, that's a great scripture. That's like a whole other sermon. But that is a great scripture and that is used a lot. But what people can get so focused on is that first half of this chapter where it talks about marriage. But they, this is the transition verse that moves into the second half of this chapter. And it stood out to me, like it hit me like a ton of bricks. And Paul all of a sudden transitions from talking about singleness and marriage and he concludes it by saying to everyone, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. And I was reading a commentary on this, and the commentary was saying that Paul is talking to all the Christians, no matter their economic status, their life stage, married or unmarried, whatever their job was, their position in life. He was calling them to live for God, and the commentary actually says, their, being Christians, conditions do not affect their relationship and service to Christ. And personally, I think that it is a pretty good challenge to all of us.
How are you using wherever you are to live your life for Christ? Because the goal of a Christian should be closer to God. And you will live a fulfilling life the closer you get to him. And at the end of the day, he is actually all we need. Your life is not defined or successful based on your relationship status. Your life is defined by who God says you are and how he calls you to use it. And so my challenge to leave you as you go throughout your week, as as we have graduates in here and you're moving into the next step of life, as you are just going about your life, how are you maximizing your life to live for God no matter your economic status, your job, married, unmarried, whatever it may be, wherever you are at, how are you living for God? Because that is the ultimate gift that he has given us. It is this time on earth that he has called us to live for him. And so it just so happens that the gift of singleness is we can have this focus on God sometimes that allows us to really lean in to him. But then how is that challenging you also to go and be a part of the overall body of Christ? How are you maximizing the life that God has actually given you? And so I want you to go from here really thinking about that and then make those next steps for yourself and what God is actually calling you to. All right, let's pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for today and thank you for the opportunity we have to be here and just worship you and find fulfillment in you. And God, I just want to pray over everybody here, no matter uh, where they are in life, that you are speaking to them, that you are just giving them the gift of your call, the gift of your identity. And God, I just pray that as we lean into you, that you draw us closer to you and make our next step clear, whatever that next step may end up being. Just want to go from here in your love and in your peace, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we invite you to go and celebrate our graduates with them, and then I pray that you guys have a blessed week. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.